Dress the History of Fashion is a production of iHeartRadio. For 7 billion people in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed. Welcome to Dressed, the history of fashion, a podcast that explores the who, what, when of why we wear. We are fashion historians and your hosts, April Callahan and Cassidy Zachary. Welcome, dress listeners, to part two of our conversation with Bea Valdez and Pam Quinones, editor-in-chief and fashion director, respectively, of the new Vogue Philippines. The 28th international edition of Vogue magazine just debuted this past September with its stunning 400-plus page maiden issue that celebrated the past, present, and future of Filipino fashion. On Tuesday, we talked about Filipino fashion identity, the symbolic and continued importance of Philippine national dress, and were introduced to the contemporary designers who are charting the Filipino fashion industry on exciting, cutting-edge paths. Today, Pam and Bea take us behind the scenes of two of the magazine's editorials that really showcase some of the foundational and driving principles of the magazine, sustainability and cultural heritage. Pam and Bea, welcome back to Dress. Sustainability and circularity are really at the heart of your stunning Greener with Pink editorial, which I absolutely love. This was by far one of my favorite articles. It's just so beautiful to look out for one and then just to learn more about the message behind it and actually what you are defining and presenting as fashion in this spread. And the editorial celebrates, quote, making old new again with archival pieces, rentals, resold items, and upcycled designs, end quote. Pam, I'd love if you could talk to us about styling and directing this spread and also how you sourced your pieces, because I think it's super interesting and important and hopefully will inspire our listeners to do the same. So I have the issue with me as for reference. I So I think this whole story came about as an idea on how to suggest to participate in sustainability, because we have an audience whom I believe would love to participate in it. And I think we're becoming more conscious coming out of the pandemic and in, in ways on how we consume. And this is something that feels quite right and inherent, actually, in the Filipino fashion industry, as Bea mentioned. Uh, just a quick snapshot of the Filipino fashion industry. Uh, we have all these labels and brands that have really come about in you know, the past maybe 15 years um, that, are, that have become quite mainstream. But before that, we have this massive community of made-to-order. And all our designers' structure is built on that, built on the idea of custom-made, of personalization. And it's really something, if you really look at it, it's something that is quite sustainable because you create pieces, work for different body shapes, and actually your own body shape. It's something you can... Uh, wear over and over again because it fits you quite perfectly and it matches your aesthetic because it's something that you actually chose for yourself. So that inherently is very Filipino. I think a lot of us don't really quite realize it, but we've already been very sustainable even before without even knowing about it. And that is still very much alive to this day, the idea of custom made. So we always have something made if there is a special occasion, not just for weddings, but, you know, uh, 
big party or anything like that. The designers in the Philippines are quite accessible. You can just get in touch with them and set up an appointment. And it's not really this very highly exclusive thing. It's something that's actually very affordable and accessible to everyone. So that's amazing. And that's very much alive to this day. And the designers we we chose here are designers who kind of created or custom-made pieces that utilized materials or at least upcycled materials. So we have this designer on the first page. His name is Ken Samudio. He's really well known for his embroidery on his accessories. He has a beautiful accessory line. Um, he's also an artist. He does sculptures. And a lot of his pieces are sea-inspired elements. And for the first image, wherein it's a top, highly embellished top, highly embellished skirt and a coat. This is, he reworked an old archival Celine leather top that I have with me that has started to like fall apart because, because of the humidity in the Philippines. Uh, it, it, it couldn't stay the same and it just started to flake off and, and he, it had stains all over that I couldn't wear anymore. So I I came to him and asked him if he could rework it for this story. And that's what he came up with. And it's so beautiful. If you could see it up close, because it's leather and it's quite hot when you wear it. So he he created slits all over the piece and added his, that's basically his DNA on the piece of clothing, which is the sea-inspired item and also done in pink because that's the theme of the story. And then the piece underneath is a skirt by Renel Suarez, who is a designer from Pangasinan, who I just met um, during the pandemic. Re- very, very young designer who creates custom pieces for beauty pageants. And he created this piece for something that we had asked him to do before, before Vogue even came into the picture, but has never been worn. And I thought it, it fits perfectly into the story. Also being a young designer who is like building his his name, but also quite unsure in terms of the direction he wants to take. So I feel that in a representing that is kind of the voice of the new generation of designers, not knowing what they want to do after the pandemic. So it's quite nice to, to have someone like him there. And then you have the Celine coat, which is an archival piece. So this is, um, in one image, you have three suggestions of sustainability. We have an archival item that, you know, the idea of something that something old that you can subscribe to is something something old that was trendy when it came out that and was so desirable can still be very desirable 10 years after so this cycle of desirability is is something that we wanted to to relay in this story and then you have upcycling and then you have custom made so that's kind of everywhere. And then we have this piece of vintage Terno from the 1950s from R.T. Paras, which, is an, which was an established house during that time. And what's so special is this is a piece from, I would say, a vintage shop in the Philippines that really only sells Filipino items. So vintage Filipino items and reworked pieces. So it's exclusively Filipino, a place called Glorious Diaz, which is an amazing place. Um, we actually are always in communication with the owner. And he's he's also always trying to hunt for pieces that he can rework and repackage for the new audience. And what's amazing about this piece, which we couldn't tell on on, I mean, in the story, 
was that when he sourced it for us, he found a coin that was, or I, I don't know if it's one or a few coins that were embedded into the seams of the skirt of the tear. Wow. And the coin was from the 1950s. <laughs> so that was used to create shape. So it, it, it allowed for weight so that it could create the proper shape. I think it's a tulip skirt. So it created, because the fabric, this is a brocade fabric that was so fine and could easily just, you know, deform. So having that, so, so it's quite amazing seeing all these techniques from way back. And he was pleasantly surprised to find that in the item. And we also have investment pieces, a suggestion that it is okay to buy. This is not yes. a suggestion to <laughs> never buy at all, but it's a suggestion to become smarter in your in your consumption and if you do shop shop for pieces that could potentially become investments that you could pass on to your grandchildren and so on and also this idea that when you buy something it should also speak to your personal style it should it, sh- it should also connect with your body shape so that you would want to keep wearing it and you can keep it forever and then we also have pieces um, that were rented so the idea of rental So these are also pieces from fashion designers in the Philippines as they create collections or their samples are just, you know, there in their ateliers. So we also wanted to feature um, these pieces that you could rent from designers. And then we have this beautiful item from Narek Beltran, which is, it's a dress with a bustle. And he created this out of plastic bottles. So discarded plastic bottles that he cut up and then painted and then created flower appliques and put them on the dress. And you wouldn't even think it was, it came out of, you know, plastic bottles and everything was made by hand. And I wish, Cassidy, I could show you, I probably can share with you some of the videos and images that he had shared with us as he was making this. And it's just so beautiful. I was quite surprised when he submitted the dress and said it was made of plastic bottles. I had not known that. <laughs> yes, and we had another archival piece from Celine and we had an exotic bag from Vuitton that is a suggestion of an investment piece. So this was um, quite special to do, a very personal story, I think. But I think it's a, it's a way to spark this dialogue to our readers that, and also kind of suggest, I guess, almost subliminally on, on, in every issue that it's all right to repeat clothes. It's all right to have something from way back and to slowly choose the pieces that you would like to buy. I mean, it's such an important message and you kind of hinted that this is going to be something we'll see more of moving forward, but it's just such an important message and to see it on the pages of Vogue and in your first magazine, I think, again, just really sets the tone for what you are doing um, at Vogue Philippines that is quite frankly unique in many ways and also just very exciting and just expanding this narrative that fashion doesn't just have to come from the runway and from new collections every year, that there's all of these different ways to experience fashion that doesn't just have to be brand new, right? And if it is brand new, make it an investment piece uh, or rent it, right? such a cool spread. It's just absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. (music) 
So I feel like so much of what Vogue Philippines represents is encapsulated in your cover image and story, which really positions the Philippines as, quote unquote, fashion's new frontier. Can you please tell us about this shoot and perhaps starting with the inspiration behind it? Again, I think our inspiration for this was really just um, exploring the fact that we're islanders, we're voyagers. Um, and again, how we're connected. So what we thought of is how best to represent the 7,000 islands. And so what we decided to do for the shoot was shoot in the three main islands, which, which is Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao. So it was quite an adventure, I think. And what we wanted to do in each place was really sort of capture as much, not just a fashion identity, but the identity of the Filipino people as well, and looking at it from both a local and global standpoint. So in terms of the fashion, I think Pam had emerging designers, um, local emerging designers. She had local established designers, but also had a lot of international designers and bringing them into our landscape, shooting in the natural world, in natural light, was just sort of the beginning of our thesis. And I think what we set out to do, I think, when we were talking about it was to be able to showcase Filipino values that would lead the way. And this would be the concept, for example, of Bayanihan, which is like being a hero for one another. The concept of Malasakit, which is deep empathy for, for each other and for the community. And then always the sense of optimism. But I think throughout the six or seven days of the shoot, it's exactly those concepts that were showered on us as we went through the adventure. And I think Pam is um, able to tell you a lot of what happened because those stories of um, how we pulled this whole shoot together and what was expressed in the end through it was really sort of um, a gift to us and for everybody else who can um, see the magazine. I think to add to that, so Bea and I were both at the shoot. and. Until this day, I can't imagine how we pulled it off <laughs> because <laughs> it's such a feat to be able to do a fashion story on the three main islands of the Philippines. It's it's never been done before, I think. I don't know if I would put that on the record, but I think <laughs> uh, from what I believe, I don't think, I mean, at least I don't know anyone who's done it. Um, or not in those places, I think. Not in those places. All the places we went to are quite remote, very off the beaten path. And it's also something that we wanted to convey that the Philippines is not just about amazing beaches that you see on the postcards that are quite famous in, you know, on our touristy, um, I guess, websites and all of that. We wanted to be able to also shoot in places um, that, felt very much connected to the Filipino people, um, not just to, to the people who could access them, right? And, and it was so special. I mean, everything about it was just so emotional also. I mean, us doing this, the cover story for the very first Vogue Philippines and bringing an international photographer who's half Filipino, half Egyptian, was very strong roots in the Philippines, but never really lived in the Philippines. So it's always, he's always has this intention to represent the Filipinos and the Philippines in, in a very good light as he's gone through his photography career. Um, Pam, you want to tell the, the story? 
the 4 a.m. Oh, yes. story. <laughs> so at four a, at four in the morning, we had we our call time is very early every day because as a tropical country, we have beautiful sunsets and sunrises. Sunrises, <laughs> <laughs> very early like, sunrises. Five a.m. Very very early sunrises, and it's very quick. The sunrise is yeah. quite quick. The sunset is very fifteen quick. minutes. <laughs> fifteen minutes max. So we have to wake up. We had to wake up early every day, and at four four thirty, you're already ready, trying to catch the sunrise. And the very first day of the shoot, um, our photographer, Sharif Hamza, was ready with our team to capture. And before that, he, he made a speech about how this, uh, since we are all going to be together in the next seven days, he just wanted to say thank you to everyone for coming together and really already seeing that everyone's making such a big effort to make this happen. But more than that, to come together to show the the world how beautiful not just the Philippines is, but how beautiful the women are, that we are all doing this for our mothers and our grandmothers. And he wants to do this for his late grandmother who had just passed away, um, I think two years ago. And when he made that speech, everyone was just tearing. We were we were so emotional about it because I think now I'm kind of laughing about it. But I, I tell you, I couldn't tell this story in the past two months without tearing myself. I mean, over and over again. It's just something that really touches you on a different level because I, I don't think I've ever done a shoot this emotional that feels so connected to, to who you are without really knowing what it is so it's it's quite special it's something that is inexplicable to be honest and so when that that kind of set the tone for the entire shoot so we were shooting quite quickly because the sun is gone or I I think the sun is up so quickly and we shoot on boats that are smaller than your seat you know like it's just it's it's crazy and we we did everything and as Bea said all the people we met showed us the values that we were that we stand for as Vogue Philippines. And Bea charted this um, doctrine in a way wherein Vogue Philippines would be rooted on. And all of those values that she speaks about for Vogue Philippines were really in display in the next seven days. And it was just so beautiful. And it just didn't feel like work. It, it was... Uh, I mean, it didn't feel like work, but it was very difficult, basically, for everyone. <laughs> but everyone was just on the same boat. Everyone was game to do everything to be able to showcase how beautiful the Filipino woman is or Filipino women are and how beautiful the Philippines is. And it's just to come together with, with one very strong goal was quite special. And you could really sense that at the end of the day, we all, we finished at like 5.30 because the sunset has just happened and we couldn't do anything anymore. So everyone just comes together on the table and talk about growing up, uh, being a Filipino, growing up in different parts of the world and just talking about how beautiful the day was and just coming together, feeling like, I don't know, like we're celebrating something um, on the table and that's yeah. our that's our everyday in in shoot. <laughs> so I think also Pam right after Sharif gave that very inspiring speech 
the cover photo that you see is actually the first shot yes. of the first day. So that photo is actually what came out from when he set the moon. So I think that in itself also is so special because it is really, in so many ways, the team was able to capture that moment. Chloe sitting on a rock, just in ways very, very simple. Yeah, and magical. And again, a celebration, a quiet one, but something that, um, yeah, brought everybody together. And so that I think is extra magical about that cover as well. Yeah. And there's so many things. I mean, I, yeah. I, I wish <laughs> I could tell you. There are so many stories, actually. <laughs> I wish I could tell you the stories. I mean, I'm trying to remember them because this was shot in um, July. And uh, coming into the podcast today, I was just trying to remember <laughs> the nuances. Even, even crossing, right? Getting to your <sighs> shots. The amazing one that shows Visayas where she's on a rock. That was not easy. That whole area was magical. It was 23 million year old limestone formations. But it was also had its challenges. They were quite slippery and quite funny. And yes. <laughs> you get to see everyone's survival instincts in the wild. So... We, we have a couple of international Filipinos in the team. So you have Sharif and, and Chloe. Chloe. Who is your cover star? Who's your model? Yes, our model. We had two international assistants um, from the Tim U.S. Tim Hoffman and Shen Williams. And both of them, together with all of us, felt like we were exploring a new, I guess, frontier. Because even... Because they are, they are completely, I mean, they, a lot of them have never, the two of them have never been in the Philippines. And for them to, to see the Philippines in this way was actually very special. And to add to that, us insiders, us born and raised here in the Philippines, who have been to every, almost every part of the country, have never really been in these parts, these remote places. And the story really is um, great because even us, we felt like we were rediscovering the Philippines in a new light. And even I wanted to go back to the place in Visayas where we shot on the rocks because it's something that you want to see again and really absorb, you know, on your leisure time. And it's just so beautiful. But also when you're there, you discover things um, such as, I don't know if you remember, Bea, but we were the tip of the Visayas and we could see the Mayon volcano in Luzon, which is really, really far. But I'd never known that before, that there is such a place where you could see this beautiful volcano. And the reason why this volcano is very special is because it is perfectly shaped as a volcano. So it's, it's exactly how you would imagine a volcano to be. We have so many volcanoes in this country, but this is one that is very much shaped like a like a pyramid and it's something that you could see from it's it is situated in Luzon but it's something that you could see from the Visayas island and and yeah. that was a quite a surprising thing it, um, it was because I think um like Pam mentioned and maybe again it's it's reflective of the whole shoot there's one image that you always see of the Mayon and actually we saw from the backside almost so again different perspective same object different meaning but again it's it's just that sort of tiny shifts that you do and, and that change so many things and make them deeper and fuller and just surprising. And also the fashion story, the narrative was changing every day. We, initially, we had this idea of um, separating the, the two stories, the story of the homecoming of Chloe uh, and, and Filipinos who are coming back and kind of ex 
experiencing and discovering the adventure of the Philippines um, in a fun, kind of like lighthearted way, free-spirited way of doing things, meeting locals and, you know, experiencing everyday things in the Philippines and the provinces. And then we had a separate story of a more fashion-centric story of pieces that are more semi-rounded, circular in shape, and sea-inspired in texture. And all of those fashion elements really came from the inspiration of the Pearl of the Orient, which is what the Philippines is known for. So those two stories were initially separate. But as we were moving every day through the islands and just discovering things, we felt that that energy we were feeling that day had to also be told the same way on the pages of the magazine, which is why the two stories had to come together. The story of the fashion and the adventure, even the street fashion that we had of local designer, emerging designers, uh, had to come together with the international fashion designers. And it just became one long spread of a cover story. Well, thank you both so much for sharing those insights and behind-the-scenes stories with us. I mean, I can't even imagine what a special experience this must have been. I mean, you've spoken to it, but um, even to articulate it after what you've experienced together, I mean, no one will ever in history experience what you've experienced again because no one will ever be able to say that you worked on the debut issue of Vogue of Vogue Philippines ever again, you know? And then to do it in, in such a beautiful and meaningful way is just... It's, it's really inspiring. And I thank you both so much for sharing these stories with us. And I also love this conversation because everything you're speaking to is something we talk about all the time on dress. And that is that fashion and the clothed body is just such this incredible medium and conduit, right? To all of these other different things, all to this culture, um, to people, community, our shared humanity. I mean, um, you've spoken to that on so many levels, all of it in this one debut publication. I'm so excited to see what you do moving forward. (laughs) Bea, in your opening letter to readers, you write, welcome to fashion's new world. This is just the beginning, which is so exciting to me on so many levels. What can readers expect from Vogue Philippines moving forward? Thank you for that. Actually, I think what we really would like to do from our lens is to um, celebrate things that are inherently Filipino through the lens of fashion. But ideally, in the end, all of these characteristics, as you say, are deeply universal. I think that is that is what we want to do. And again, I think every month and through our platforms, digital and through social media, we hope to surprise and delight the readers and the audience and um, begin many meaningful conversations, I think. So that's that's what people have to look forward to as we go along. And how can international audiences like myself get their hands on an issue and, and or access Vogue Philippine content? So online with worldwide shipping, if you go to shop, .vogue.ph. Um, I think you can get your copy there. And I think they also have a subscription aspect as well. We have on eMag, we are available through Magster, Readly, Press Reader, and Zinio. And so far, our international stores are Condé Nast Worldwide Newsstand in London and on online. 
and Castle Magazine in New York City, and very soon Smith and Sons in Paris. Wonderful. Many ways to access, and I hope you do get to enjoy the first issue and our second and all the others to come. Oh, absolutely. Well, both of you, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been such a wonderful, insightful conversation. And I know our listeners are going to go out and get their hands on a copy of this issue. You do not want to miss it. Thank you both so much. Thank you, Cassidy. It was so fun to talk to you this morning. Pam, Bea, thank you so much for joining us and taking us into the pages and behind the scenes of the debut issue of Vogue Philippines. Cass, it's not every day you get to witness the launch of a new Vogue, much less talk to the women charged with bringing it into fruition. I know. I was just so excited and so really very much enjoyed talking to Pam and Bea. They were so generous with their time and their stories. And also, it's just so exciting to be excited about a fashion magazine again. Right. (laughs) And to see sustainability really centered as well as the beauty of the Philippines and its people and culture. It was just, it's just so inspiring. And I also, April, I just had so much fun receiving and reading like a physical copy of the magazine. In today's day and age, when physical print culture has been so dramatically impacted by the rise of the digital age, nothing beats tangible fashion history. So being able to hold a book, a fashion plate, or a fashion magazine. The last page of the debut issue is a photograph of cover star Chloe Magno and features a quote from her to, be Filipino is joy, end quote. And that is such a lovely way to end something that is actually the beginning of a long and illustrious run of a magazine celebrating Filipino fashion identity and the industry, we hope. You can get your hands on a physical copy of this history-making maiden issue by heading over to shop. .vogue.ph or getting a digital subscription at the vendors Bea mentioned. Well, that does it for us today, dress listeners. May you consider the beauty of Filipino fashion, past, present, and future next time you get dressed. Remember, we love hearing from you. So if you'd like to write to us with questions or listener suggestions, you can do so via email at dressed at iheartmedia.com. You can also DM us on Instagram at dress underscore podcast, which is where we post images accompanying each week's episodes. And if you'd like to take the time to rate and review us on your podcast listening platform of choice, we always appreciate your support. Just like we appreciate our producers, Casey Pegram, Holly Fry, and everyone else at iHeartRadio that makes the show possible each week. Dress, the history of fashion, is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to your favorite shows.